trying not to get sick. Because everybody else yeah, is getting sick. sick around yeah. me. Including so every, every time I sort of feel kind of sick, I don't know if it works or not. I take some emergency, and then I don't feel sick. So maybe it's totally in my head, but whatever. Maybe. I've it's been, working for me. I've been all bumped up on uh, vitamin C pills myself. Yep. So anyway, welcome to Auto Off Topic. Oh, that was recording. Excellent. That's right. Gonna, Everybody knows I'm sick. We're going to pull that move now. This is episode 14. Uh, I'm your host, Andrew. And I am Brad, the sick one. The sick one. Andrew took that time to take a sip of coffee. I did. It was awful timing. It was terrible timing. So I went to the Rolex 24 this weekend, like I said I was going to. You did? You know, I did this weekend? Not to one, over, like, uh, upstage you or anything? You watched probably more of it than I did because uh, you watched it on TV. I, I didn't do anything this weekend. I did watch some of the race, though, yeah. Yeah. So how was it? It was pretty cool. So that was the thing I missed. I had to watch the last like couple passes on DVR because or on YouTube. You had to leave early? Because I had to leave early. You missed the questionable Taylor pass? You know, when you look at the in-car, it's not that questionable. No? It, you look from his viewpoint. I mean, it, the camera's kind of pointing towards the apex of the corner. But the uh, it was Albuquerque, Albuquerque. He's his name. I don't remember the names. But he went. He to, didn't win. I don't remember his name. <laughs> yeah. But he, he went to the outside of the corner, and this is it's going into the international horseshoe. So as you come yep. down, so it looked like he was giving way. Well, he left or a gap. Way, yeah. I mean, and if you're in the final laps of a race and you give somebody a gap, they're going to you know, go for it. It's one of those those things where if it wasn't the final lap, they would just chalk it up as a racing incident. Yeah. But because it was the final lap and it was for the lead, it becomes a little different. I guess, but it wasn't like, I mean... Or end of the race, yeah. If there wasn't enough space for a car there... How do you get there? Then, like... Right, so there was enough space. There was enough space. He, the he door, went he for it. There. And then he, the guy tried to close the door too late. Like, there's no, like I've, I read a couple things about it. like there's no, you can't say that he didn't know he was there because they all have the radar stuff. They know the cars yeah. are behind them. Speaking of which, you just and see they the have sonar spo- and they have spotters. Yeah, on like the Porsches. Yeah, they have those. They've had those in the Corvettes for a long time. Yeah, I've never noticed them before this year. The, the Corvettes were like the first ones. Those like have Geometry it. Wars on the dashboard of the. Because the, um, well, the RSR now that is. They had to move the engine. Yeah, right? It's a bit engine. Yep. So it's a bit engine. So I guess the rear window is just nothing. It's just vented, so you can't see out the back of it. So it's a light for seeing all the. Ne- it's, a, it's, a, it's a window to see all the neon lights inside the car. Yeah, that's the other cool thing. When they put all these neon lights on them now, so when you're you're watching them at night, they look really cool. And the Audi was the most on, on on television. I don't know about in person, but on television, the Audi stood out the most. It had like neon lights and the cross bracing in the back window yeah. and deep inside the front air dam. It was really cool looking. Well, the, the Fords did too in the big the like the the buttresses on the outside of yeah, the body. Yeah, they, they had it there too. They all line up and but on, the, on TV the coolest looking was the Audi. And then they do uh like um what happens I mean it it was so I guess we'll all right, let's I'll rewind this. I'll get to that what I was gonna say. So I went to the Rolex twenty four, I flew in I got to Orlando at like 12:30. I, you know, hustled down to the uh, Hertz counter. I got my rental car because I was in Orlando. I needed to get to Daytona. It's like an hour right. away. So you rented a Porsche, obviously, because it be within. The yes, theme. exactly. I rented a Porsche, so right. I'd fit in. Right. Um, except uh, they gave me a Beetle. Ah. Oh. Or similar. They're like, wait, Hertz Porsches? <laughs> I don't know. What What were you supposed to get? I rented a Nissan Versa because it was only forty dollars, and I didn't care because I was just gonna yeah. sleep in it. I guess the Beetle's an upgrade from a Versa. I guess. Uh, but so the guy's like, uh, so it's just you traveling? I was like, yes. He's like, do you have a beetle? He's like, do you? He's like, I have a beetle. Do you mind? I was like, uh, whatever. I just need to get out of here. Yeah, it's fine. And then after, like, I finished the paperwork, I'm like, that damn thing is gonna be yellow. And as, as soon as I go outside, I go to the spot. It's a yellow beetle. It's all right. If you got to drive a beetle, you may as well go all out. Yeah, but I was just like, I'm gonna get like murdered here in Florida driving a beetle. Nah, you'll be all right. You got Florida plates. You're good to go. The uh, it was turbo though. I was surprised for a rental yeah, car. It's probably, but it's the one point four turbo. No, no, those are one eight. I think the new small engine is a one eight. Is it? I thought it, it was, was one quick. Four. It was surprisingly quick. I thought it was the one eights have always been quick. I thought it was going to be the two liter eight valve, which is a dog. They don't have that motor anymore. I think, yes, they do. They? Do they? Yeah. I, I'm way out of out of it on and both. The, um, but I don't. It must be a rental spec Volkswagen because you cannot tell me that the the 
Subaru interiors are cheap. Like the inside of this Volkswagen was cheap. It was all piano black and plastic. It had the flattened, like the D style steering wheel, but no leather. It was all plastic, no steering wheel controls. It didn't have, so it was turbo. It had heated seats, the awesome, you know, German super hot heated yeah, seats. Burn your butt off seats. Uh, no USB plug in the entire fucking car. No USB at all? No. It had an aux jack, <laughs> no USB. That's awesome. Welcome to five years ago. Yeah, and then I forgot to bring. I always, you know, every trip I probably buy a goddamn USB twelve volt adapter. But well, you would think that I'd have one in the car. But yeah, you lately, twenty sixteen car. Lately, I haven't because the last couple rental cars I've gotten have a USB plug. At least, even if it's not to sync my media, it will at least charge my damn phone, and then I just use the Bluetooth yeah, exactly. in the car. Which is kind of a Bluetooth thing. No. But it definitely had like an upgraded radio because it had different modes. But I'm like, there's no Bluetooth because there's no buttons. That's crazy. That's so dumb. Well, but I, otherwise, I, it drove I, fine. I, I don't think that the interior spec is any different between a regular one and a uh, and a rental one. I don't think the materials would be any different. I don't know. It's It was cheap inside. It had like pleather, leatherette seats. The Beetle is supposed to be. The People's Car. But um, You're correct. I'll it, tell it, you. It is, it is a 180. You can... Um, yeah, it's like a C. It's something a C engine. I forget now. I don't know. I, I just I thought they were doing one point four now. No, so you can maybe they are in the Golf. And so the other thing to be aware of. So if you fly into Orlando and go to Daytona, it at least GPS will take you the four seventeen, like a state road. Before like you a get two lane road. No, it's a it's a good size highway three three lane highway. It'll take you over. Uh, and you'll eventually get to I-4, which pops you over to Daytona. But the 417 has like four tolls on it. It was like $4 worth of tolls. Which doesn't sound that bad coming from Maine and New Hampshire where we pay that just to go up north. You no, know, it's it's like a dollar up and a dollar down. On 93. Yeah. 95 is a lot more. What's 95 now? Well, it's $2, the New Hampshire toll. Oh, see, I, and up I, in the main I have turn a fast bike. pass, so I just forget. Right, but on the main turnpike, there's... Oh, Two or three yeah. seventy-five cent ones. So. Yeah, see, I don't go up there that that often. I do on the regular. On, yeah, I'm always on ninety-three. But yeah, it was like or we can skip it and go sixteen, and then it's two dollar tolls on sixteen too. So <laughs> then it was sixteen funny, shouldn't have tolls because only a two lane. And then it didn't have a, it didn't have a fast pass thing or anything or a pay by plate. So I went through like the first toll, and I thought I was in the like give your cash line, but I was in the exact change line. Oops. <laughs> so I just <laughs> it's like coins only. I was like, well, I have a dollar bill. <laughs> I don't think that works that way. I hooked it into the basket. Did the alarm go off when you drove away? No. <laughs> I'll probably get charged for it. Yeah, you should probably look into that because if you don't like look into it, by the time it goes through the Hertz test and gets back to you, it'll probably be like a thirty-five dollar thing instead of a dollar thing. I don't know. We'll find out. Yeah, whatever. So, other than the fact that you were in a yellow Beetle that was the bottom spec car, so I literally how was the weekend? So, I mean, I hustled over there. I got to Daytona at like two fifteen. So you moved then. I moved. Yeah. And I I pull up and I'm thankful for that turbo. Like the uh, I was so surprised because I'd never been there. And every racetrack I ever go to is in the middle of nowhere. This Daytona is right. Yeah, it's in like, a populated area. Yeah, it's, it's like Virginia Beach with a racetrack in the middle. Yeah, of it's it. on a strip. So I I pull up and I finally like I'm driving around. I'm like I don't know where to go because I got to go will call. And finally I see like. A sign at points like will call. I'm like, all right. It's like pulling. I asked this guy. I'm like, where do I get will call? He's like, oh, over there. He's like, good luck finding a parking spot. I'm like, damn it, because it's just people trying to get parking spots. They're parking. Race starts in 15 minutes. Right. So like, I cruise like slowly out of that parking lot. I pop out the next one. There's a big sign, parking will call. I'm like, why didn't the guy tell me that? So I pull in there. The guy's Florida like, man. yeah. The guy's like, yeah, it's will call. Just you know, come back in like five minutes or whatever. You can only park here. I was like, that's fine. I'll be right back. Yeah, that works. Go grab the tickets. That's all you needed. And then literally go, like, on the other side of the block and into this. I literally parked in the last row uh, outside of turn four. And that's that's where I got to park for two days. Which is pretty much on the street. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's so weird. It's <laughs> super weird. Yeah, and I've been there before. I remember thinking the same thing when I got there. I was just like, what? what we're here? Okay. <laughs> yeah. So... And then I get to walk in. You just walk in through the turn four tunnels, which are really small. They definitely, they're not the only, they can't be the only tunnels because there's no way you get a transporter through them. No, no way. There's got to be tunnels on the backside. So that, that's how you get in there. And, you know, I got to see the, I basically like walked in there doing the formation lap and then it went hot. 
and it was going. So you for, got there just in time. I got there just in time. I like it. Yeah, because my flight was delayed an hour, so. No, I know there was a bunch of rain down there that weekend. Was it uh, raining from the get go? No, no, no. It was. So I get to Florida, and they're like on the plane. And, you know, they're like, "Oh, it's going to be fifty degrees and cloudy in Florida." Sorry. Yeah. Welcome to Florida. Yeah. So you know, I get there. It was like fifty. I was like, "Oh, this isn't this isn't too bad." Yeah, which to us in the middle of winter is comfortable. Yeah, overcast. I I was dressed for it, and then it got a little chillier as the sun started going out, which that sucked too because it was overcast. So there's no sunset. Which is Which always is bad cool. For a photographer. Yeah, it's always cool to look at sun, you know, see sunset shots during uh, like endurance races and. Uh, Plus, at no sun, you have no golden hour, and you're there specifically to shoot pictures. Yeah, <laughs> and then the other thing too, I didn't realize that the, you know, I'm so used to like road Atlanta or Lime Rock, where you can just walk up to like these really low fences and take pictures. Yeah, not Daytona. No, it's got six foot chain link fences, and yep. I didn't. I see all these people with step stools. I'm like, damn it, I can't. I couldn't bring a step stool. Right. I was very tempted to go across the street to the Target and buy Which one. Which right across the street from the racer, right? Yeah, but I was like, well, what am I going to do with it when I go to leave? I'm going to, like, waste 20 bucks. Yeah, whatever. Just leave it there. Yeah. It's totally worth it. Nah, I'm I... sure a lot of those people probably do that. There's, I would... probably, there's probably, like, a used <laughs> step stool sale the next Probably. Day. There are some that were, like, just kind of, uh, like, chained to the fence. Okay. And I was like, eh, I'll just... People, like, uh... They start saving their spots, maybe. Yeah, I guess know. so. It, it didn't matter. I was like, whatever. I'm just going to actually enjoy the race because a lot of times I don't actually watch the race because I'm taking pictures. Right. So I'll just enjoy well, the race. Well, you have 24 hours of time to like, take pictures. I'm sure you can get a couple good shots in 24 yeah, hours I'll and still enjoy racing. I took a couple, and then I mostly just watched it. And then it ended up being around, you know, it started getting colder. And then it's funny because I thought I was going to have to eat racetrack food. I was like, whatever, I don't care, it's at a racetrack. And then I was like, well, wait. There's a Target across the street. Where's the closest restaurant? There's an Outback, like, right near I parked. So I, <laughs> Which I'll excuse you for eating at Outback because you're in Florida, and that's where it started. So you're just eating the local fare. It's a local <laughs> restaurant. That's right. And uh, it, was, it was so funny because it was just, I literally walked to the car, locked up my stuff, hopped the fence, and walked to an Outback. Like, that never happens at a racetrack. It's no. so crazy. No, definitely not. Again, Florida is a different place. No, so, so you ate at the bar at the Outback? Yeah. yeah. I always had that weird thing going to a restaurant, like a sit-down restaurant by myself. No, I went to the bar. I won't do it unless it's a bar. Well, plus the Not wait- because I'm a, I'm a lush and just want to get hammered the whole time, but you just I feel weird sitting at a booth by myself. Well, plus, I walk in. I'm like, <laughs> is the bar open? Can I just grab a seat when it just opens up, like make sure they weren't like reserving or anything? She's like, yeah. Because yeah. otherwise, like a 45-minute wait. I was like, yeah, I'll go sit at the bar. Yeah, I'm sure it's pretty busy at the Outback yeah. directly next to the 24 hours of Daytona yeah, it's on ton- race Tons day. of car people in there, yeah. Everybody's wearing their, like, Steve McQueen golf jackets and shit. Of course. Of course. <laughs> Whatever. I mean, people have, like, you figure, like, there's, you know, Comic-Con, stuff like that. But for car people, it's people races. are in a race. Yeah. yeah. It's, you actually go to a race. Like, that's kind of like a... They are Comic-Con. Yeah. It's I like, like it. It's like a convention for, you know, race enthusiasts. You wanted to say nerds. Yeah. Right. Car nerds. Race car nerds. nerds. Race yeah. nerds. It's all right. We self-identify as car nerds. And then say they're holding a Hot Wheels car on the table. Yeah. And then I... uh it started raining probably close to like 10 o'clock, but it wasn't like that hard. It was just kind of misting. And, and then it, I stayed up probably till I think about three, I made it till. Okay. And I was just got too tired. It started raining a lot harder. Right. And then I just went and I slept in the car because it ended up the rate oh, most of the race through the night was under caution laps. So you flew to Florida, took a nap and flew home. Basically. <laughs> I guess I, I come to find out, uh, you know, talking to some people that usually go there, the, when the weather's a lot nicer, it's a fucking party all night. I can imagine. I mean, even Lime Rock is when there's no racing going on. Oh, like the we, weekend events at Lime Rock. Because that's what I thought was strange. When I was walking around at like midnight, there's just people are just kind of hanging around on campfires, but not really. Like there's just like there's nobody in the stands. Like yeah, it was the just, rain kind of killed the it. The rain just killed it. And I mean, and that, that was the other thing I noticed. It was like, uh, I was like, oh, it's like a racing refugee camp here. It's like a <laughs> full on tent full, city, full blown shanty town. Full blown shanty town. All the fires going, the smoke. Have you done an overnight at Lime Rock before? You have, right? No. Oh, you haven't. No. Oh, okay. We should do that this year then. Yeah, I got the new truck. We'll have to do it now. Um, and camp in it because it's a. Uh, the, only problem, the only thing that sucks is they don't have dog. You can't have dogs at Lime Rock. So. Oh, I don't remember that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I guess we didn't have a dog last time I camped mm-hmm. there. Which is funny. I only saw one dog in Daytona, but I didn't see any signs that said no dogs. But mm. people must just know. Oh, it was raining, and they're all inside the tents and trucks. Yeah. Glad I wasn't in a tent. It, it rained pretty damn hard. 
But I'll tell you, a full-size man can sleep in the front of uh, a beetle. Comfortably. Comfortably, yeah. yeah. Well, I was tired enough. Yeah, you sleep anywhere. At least they have the Radio Le Mans, uh broadcast on the FM station, and so I just listen to it. Yeah, and I had heated Yeah, yeah. <laughs> left the heated seats on and the car running for like two hours while I napped. That's fine. <laughs> Don't e- care. E- Rental car. The EPA's almost gone anyway. Yeah. All the cars running 24 hours. Differences to make. <laughs> exactly. So your, your carbon footprint wasn't very yeah. big. So anyway, it was uh, it was pretty damn cool. I think if you're gonna spectate, I bought a, like a couple different like tickets. They separate the tickets, so you can go to just the grandstands. You yep. can buy just the infield. I bought both. It was worth it to buy both because it was neat to walk into the infield and then be able to walk into the pit. Now, when you have grandstand tickets, can you walk anywhere in the grandstands, or is it like a sign? Anywhere in the grandstands. Oh, that's pretty good. So you've been there on race day, and obviously on Daytona 500 race day, obviously yeah. it's all assigned seats. And it's oh, 100%. Probably, it's packed. probably packed with people. Yeah, you can't move. There's barely any people. You could go anywhere you want. I walked all the way up to the top to the nosebleed seats. Yep. It's impressive, like how yeah, how big everything is. And how well, it's pretty well laid out. You can see everything, as long as you're up high enough. Yeah, did you walk up behind the uh, tri-oval? Oh, yeah. Yeah, you could, stand, you could stand right behind the the. The tower. Because that's where our seats were for NASCAR. Was that the third, third or fourth row behind the flag man right there? And mm-hmm. I remember like being in awe of how good the seats were. Yeah, and and it's funny. It's definitely you can tell it. It's so well thought out, so well engineered that that banking is like, yeah. What is it? Thirty eight degrees. They that's said pretty high, pretty steep. So, but it's not just to make the cars let them go around the track faster. It puts. As you watch the cars go by, the side of the car is facing you as it goes by. Like it's like you're looking in. Almost like you have a car on a shelf in front of you and you're eye, eye level with it. Exactly, because you're looking down and you're looking like right into it. And I was like, oh, that is like perfect for like advertising. Like this is all well thought out, all well yeah. set up. Like as far as spectating go, that's why this sport, that's why NASCAR is so popular because it's so easy to spectate. Oh, very easy. I mean, you could sit. And you can Especially watch. On, the, on the oval tracks. So you can see the whole thing from anywhere. Even even this being a two-mile super speedway, you could see the whole track. Yep. It was amazing. Yeah, I remember being amazed by that when I was there as well. It was crazy. I mean, even better even better sight lines than, like, at the New Hampshire track, I think. Right. Well, because the other thing you think about, too, when you have a smaller track, yeah. things are more condensed and exactly. things are going to be blocked more. So yeah, this exactly. way things can be spread out more so you can have more sight lines through things. And it doesn't... Watching the race on TV, the twenty-four hour, the Rolex twenty-four doesn't do it justice because you don't realize how big the course is longer than the super speedway because they oh, yeah, run the infield configuration. And they, they run a majority of the super speedway too, do they not? I was surprised at how much they actually run because they kick on turn three, four, and then well, tri oval. So they so they come down. So say they we're going to start from the start finish. They come in, and that's called the international horseshoe because if you look at it, kind of looks like a squashed yep. horseshoe. They go through that in a road course. So that's that's where they come off of the oval, right? That's where they come off the oval right before turn one, go through the road course, come back on right after turn right after turn two. Nope, right on at turn one. Oh, okay. Like the, it's like a short little gap that they skip. That's it. Okay. They come right back on, then they're into turn one onto the banking. Turn two, they go all the way around. All whole back stretch. Well, the middle of the back stretch. That's what they have. What they chicane. call the that's the bus stop. Okay. Yeah. Come down. They do the chicane because they don't want to run the whole. Yeah. Two hundred and seventy miles an hour. <laughs> it's, they're still well over two hundred when they come around the trioval. Yep. Absolutely. And then they run the rest of the. They, yeah, they run. They come back up. Turn three. Turn four. Through the trioval. Start finish. And they do it over again for twenty four hours. That's crazy. So if you go up in the grandstands, that, those seats up there, at turn one and, at turn one at the end of the pits. Mm-hmm. Those, I think, are the best seats. Because you get the highest speeds and a lot of the... You can see out. the entire pit lane. So if they, they come in for pit, uh, tires, fuel, whatever, you can see them exiting the pit lane. There's not a lot of space where they exit pit lane because they have to exit pit lane and come out the backside and they dump into the road course section. But where it goes in, uh, so they're coming in, you probably saw it on TV, when they come down from the trioval. Like, it gets very, very narrow there. So if there's, like, a pack of cars coming, and then a car's coming out of the pits, even though they're supposed to be, like, kind of far over the left, there's still not that much space. So it's pretty... So it's cool. You can see all that. And then you can see them do most of the infield course. You see them come out, and then you can watch them go away around the whole track. Excellent. So I think that's the best spot. But how much more was it just to buy the ticket for the infield, too? Oh, like 30 bucks. Yeah, it's, I think it'd be worth it to do all of it. Yeah, just to get different views. And you I mean, could 24 walk. Twenty-four hours is a long time. It might not even been 
the grandstand pass might have give you infield. I think what I paid extra for was was paddock access. Okay, it's like a pit pass, which, which is totally fine because it was kind of cool. You know, and right before I I fell asleep, I walked through, and one of the I think it was the '66 uh, Ford GT was in there, and they had some collision or something. They were trying to swap all the body panels, mm-hmm. and it was I mean it's yeah, just I saw funny. The picture you put up with like carbon fiber. So, yeah, so many people working on this car trying to get the carbon fiber, and they would the panel the rear bumper panel like wouldn't fit like it wouldn't lock in it's probably a hand-laid piece yeah they're grabbing like the grinder they're grinding it and the guys are hitting with mallets to get it it's like a bunch of guys in a body shop hanging a keystone fender yeah so crazy aftermarket parts don't fit anywhere yeah so it was was totally worth the trip though oh yeah yeah it's worth it it's definitely worth it all right i'll uh i definitely want to go i'm still jealous i didn't get to watch much from the house because there was just so much going on that weekend at home yeah uh and i missed the end of the race myself because I had a customer who was uh, looking at one of the cars for sale. So that's what's that's what stunk because it got sunny like right after I left. As you were leaving, yeah. yeah. Finished, I remember seeing the finish after I went back and watched like highlights yeah, the, and stuff. The track dried up and it got yeah. sunny and they got super back fast. To slick yeah. but, Although seeing it in the rain is kind of cool too because you get a different view with the rooster tails on the tires and, and the stupid open cockpit cars. That seem, must be hell in the rain. Uh, I, I guess it's the last year for them, so they're basically just like. Whatever, but I don't know. They shouldn't even let them run. That that was what was fucking up. Like those things kept yeah, missing out. the bus stop and stuff, right? Yeah. Not the bus stop. The um, at the International Horseshoe. Yeah, they kind of missing the turn and carrying off into. Well, the... towards the middle of the night when it was raining, a bunch of cars were missing a breaking point and just kind of going off into the runoff. And you yeah. could watch it. You could watch it happen over and over again. Rejoin. Yeah, but whatever. Apologies it, for clearing my throat. It it was cool. I mean the uh, the GT40 sound interesting in person. Yeah, that twin turbo V6. Yep, they're very quiet. Yeah, the, turbos make great mufflers. They so. do. The Cadillacs and the Corvettes. And yeah, the wide open LS motors. Are yeah, but even the the Corvettes are even louder than the Cadillacs. Are they really? But the Cadillacs are pretty loud. But that was cool. They're also some of the best looking cars out there. The Cadillacs are awesome as far as the prototype style cars go. Yeah, I like the wheels on them too. I don't think I noticed particularly the wheels. Yeah, the wheels are cool looking. I know you got one really good shot of one of them going around mm-hmm. the uh, NASCAR oval. Mm-hmm. But so anyway, totally worth it. Um, you know, it's it's good to see that endurance racing was that competitive, like over the whole twenty four yeah, hours, like right down to the end. That doesn't usually so happen like that, that, especially for the first race of the season. Yeah, which is another reason I was so upset that I had to miss it because yeah. you know obviously it was work. I had to you know sell cars, but yeah, I wish I was watching it live. So the next one is happened. Sebring. I've never been there. I, I probably won't go this year, but. No. That's, uh, Maybe next year we'll go to Sebring. The year after we'll both go to Daytona. Yeah. That's pretty neat. And then, uh, but it's totally different than Lime Rock. I mean, Lime Rock is a mile course. It's a yep. three-hour race. That's a total sprint. Mm-hmm. And it's like, it's. it was also way, way louder at Lime Rock because the cars smaller are just. Smaller and they're closer to they're you. They're just going round and round and round. And they're closer to you, too. And they're closer to you. It's a smaller area. They're all yeah. in. It's not the big, wide, open so, area that isn't at that Daytona. I mean, that was that was part of the fun part. I just kind of sat there for a couple hours watching the cars. Had, like uh, I just had my earplugs in. You know, I was by myself. You just sit in the stands and everything kind of shakes from the noise. And It's like a, it's like a massaging, massaging yeah, grandstand. Yeah, it's very relaxing. <laughs> but. Well, when I've been there, like I said, I was there on NASCAR. And it yeah. was anything but relaxing. No. Because it was just loud as could you, be. And a bunch of uncouth people around you spilling beer all over the place. Everything is brand new in there, though. So did you have, like, the metal, like, fold-out seats? No, just grandstand-style, like, metal seats. Yeah. Like, same as, like, loud and just a metal bench. And a, that was it. Yeah. No, these are all new fold-down seats. Like, theater-style seating? Theater-style seating, yeah. <laughs> Oh, excuse me. And they, uh, I, I think the coloring where it's like the multiple colors, like green, red, blue, white. I think it's when you look on TV, like it looks like it's the stands are always full. Oh, really? Yeah. No, they used to be all that's, silver before. That's my other theory. But anyway, moving on. You had some project car updates. Uh, a couple minor ones. Yeah. Um, we got the cylinder head back to the machine shop. Yep. They cleaned it up, got it all ready to go. Uh, cleaning some of the carbon out of it, mm-hmm. and they found two cracks. So there's two cracks in the two middle cylinders in the middle of the combustion chambers. Boy, the metallurgy on these heads it's for these wonderful. trucks were terrible. That's yeah, not wonderful. So now I uh, am getting a few different opinions on what I should do, mm-hmm. and it seems like I should not take the chance and run the head. Probably not. 
So sources say it should work, but the question is how long oh, will it work? it will work. Yeah, the question is how long will it work, and is it yeah. worth it? So You're just going to have to take it off again. Right. Now I need to decide, is it worth it to send that one out and have it welded, or is it worth it to just buy a new one? So i got to get some pricing on the comparisons there. Um, a friend of ours has a brand new Mitsubishi one, like a brand new factory part without jet valves. Yeah. Um, I don't know what he wants for it yet because it's a brand new NOS part, so it might be out of my – the truck doesn't really deserve a brand new NOS mm, part kind yeah, of thing. Yeah, it's not that nice. Um, you, you're maybe – I mean, you're almost halfway to a – a quarter of a way to a nicer one. Yeah, what do you mean? Spending like four hundred dollars on a head. Yeah, I only spent like five hundred dollars on the truck. Yeah. yeah, exactly. But that's like. But at the same time, I have the truck, and I have to pay to register and insure it, taxes, all that stuff. I bought another one, so I do want to keep the truck. I don't want to throw it away. It is a decent truck. I guess this is why just, it was in the junkyard. No, but this, <laughs> that head wasn't from the junkyard. No. It was in the junkyard because somebody had the firing order wrong and it wouldn't start. Yeah. <laughs> so it's only needs a head now because I overheated it because I'm a dummy. Yeah. So, uh, anyway. So, I'm not sure where I'm going to go with that yet. I could yeah. buy a brand spanking new cylinder head, aftermarket cylinder head, for like three to 400 bucks. Uh, I don't know what to do yet. Stay tuned on that one. Uh, I Tur- dig it. Turbo swap it. No. Turbo swap it. Pay the money to do it, not do it. <laughs> um, I dig it a sticker on the new. Just let me take the engine on the steering and I'll just do it. No. I don't want you to do that. I want to finish this narrating eventually. I uh, did get a sticker on the new pickup truck. Yeah. Um, they had to like, take the tint off the front windows because it was... It was a Florida su- truck. It was a Florida truck. It, it was, was super dark. Legal down there, but not a pair. Uh, it showed up as 17% light, fil- uh, mm, light yeah. blocking or whatever. It's 35 here. Is the- yeah, 35 <laughs> is the limit. It was 17. So they had to take it off. I don't blame them. It was kind of ugly anyway. So we took it right off. It was kind of purpley. Yeah. Um, my father's TR3 came back from the shop today. Yeah. He sent that out to a uh, specialist to have some work done on it because he's having some engine issues. Um, and that thing is 100% now. Yeah. So that's awesome. So the so plan with, drive it. The plan with that this year Can is you get a we overdrive for it. Uh, no overdrive. It's still just a four speed. Um, but we decided. Oh, since you'll have the trailer, you can trailer it to places? Hey, here's what we decided to do this year. We haven't decided to do it. We're discussing doing it this year. Um, in Virginia. There's the British Reliability Run. Yeah. It's an all-British, you know, pre-whatever-year, and this fits in because it's a 1961 DR3. Yeah. Um, through, like, the mountain range areas of Virginia, West Virginia area, and it's like a 500 or a 600-mile round trip. So you start at one point, you ride through the mountains, and go back to the same starting point where you finish. Mm-hmm. So I think we're going to try to make that happen this year. So not sure yet, but that's that's a hopeful cause. My father and I are both into it. It's just timing and money wise. Making well, it work. Wear like tweed jackets and Oh yeah, we'll scarves. do it all upright. We'll yeah. put a little, you know, picnic basket in the back on the uh <laughs> uh luggage rack in the trunk and call it a day. So I haven't done anything to any of my vehicles. Even flying back and forth from Florida. Mm-hmm. So nothing. Uh but I did before I left for Florida, I made a little run to Target to uh Oh exciting news. Yeah. <laughs> I had to get a uh I wanted to buy a little extra thing to charge my phone up with, like a little auxiliary battery. Yeah, not a USB. Yeah. Because <laughs> he didn't think he needed one. So, you know, always, as what you do when you go to Target, is you swing through the Hot Wheels aisle. Of course. It's the only reason I go to Target and Walmart. Ugh, Walmart. And the they had the new air-cooled line of Hot Wheels there. Yes, they did. And I apparently should have bought all of them, but I only bought the Fiat 500 and the 356 because those are what tickled my fancy. The 356 is the most, like, the nicest Hot Wheels car I think I've ever held. It's really cool. Yeah. It's, like, a really pretty dark blue. And the, what do you call them? The, I'd call them decals, but they're tampos the or something? Tampos is the proper term yeah. for it. But the, the livery. Yeah. The, the, two, the big white gumballs and the doors and the hood. Yeah. And it's number 356A, because the car is a 356A, obviously. And then it's got, I don't know what kind of wheel those wheels are supposed to be. It's like a steel wheel. Yeah. Like a deep dish steel wheel. Yeah. It's got the chrome, rubber chrome reverse style. The rubber tires and even the leather straps are painted on it. Yeah, it's really pretty. It's like super cool. Yeah, if you can find it, pick it up. I think yeah. it's gonna be hard to find because the Hot Wheels uh collectors or scalpers, as I should say. The hoarders. The hoarders have bought them all because I literally went to that same target the next day and they were cleared out. 
and I went there at like eight o'clock at night. So yeah, somebody I went there. I went Saturday, either late or early. Everyone was cleared out. The whole set of five cars, air cooled cars. Yeah, because they had. I I don't think there was any left of these two. I think I bought both sets. Yeah. Well, thank you for picking up for me. Yeah, I bought two for you because yeah. I didn't buy them to hoard. I bought them to Collect. give to you. Yeah. And then the the Fiat 500 is pretty cool. I don't. I wish it had solid white and not pearl. Yeah, whatever. But the it's got these really neat little four spokes that I think are new. They are the they're a smaller version of the one that came out on the Datsun 510 wagon in the Japanese you. car culture line. Oh, I'm really nerdy when it comes to Hollywood. Yeah, There's and no they got the rubber tires on them. They look pretty cool. Yeah, they're really cool. And then you. I spotted it there, but I didn't buy it because I'm too cheap. But you bought for me. I guess we're trading it for the other two. Well, that's the thing. You bought these two for me, and I was like, hey, I'll give them the Alpha. <laughs> yeah, you gave me the, the Forza Alpha GTV. Yeah, yeah the GTV. It's like yeah. a 68-ish, 69, yeah. 70, somewhere in that range. Which is a cool... It's, got the, it's the lightweight with the fender flares, and mm-hmm. that's a cool, very detailed Hot Wheels car, too. Yeah. I've got this Tamiya kit. I should build it. Yeah, you should, actually. Full engine you build it before when you were younger? I tried to, and I messed up the paint, as usual. As usual. Because so. we're young and dumb. So that's that. Anything else for scale cards? Oh, I I got my Delica kit, the Aoshima Delica kit. Delica, for those not in the know, is a Mitsubishi the van. Star, the Star Wagon. Star Wagon. Mitsubishi van. Uh, they were sold here just as Mitsubishi van, I think, and they were only sold in two-wheel only, drive. Yeah, only two-wheel drive. Um, but the ones sold in Japan and other parts, of the, other parts of the world were four-wheel drive, basically a Montero chassis. Yeah, it's kind or of like a, a um, mixture. Of a, Not a Montero, but a uh, Triton. Yeah, Mitsubishi Triton pickup truck. Yeah, it's a, it's a mixture of them. Uh, which is very, very, very cool. So we'll have to get into this one later. Jerry Nod is looking at the box. Yeah. Um, that is a very cool vehicle. Our friend Chris has the, one of those. Super nice kit. Very detailed. Of a super cool car. Mm-hmm. So uh, I don't have any scale project car updates other than I uh, managed to lose the taillights on the Evo kit that we're both building. I put them in the purple stuff to strip the paint off of them because when I glued them on the car, the paint wasn't quite dry yet, so it pushed the... But what paint did you use? Just the clear Tamiya. Rubbing alcohol would have taken that off. Yeah, well, yeah, it, we can... It takes the acrylic we, off. Listen, we can talk about what I should have done all day long, but what I did was I dumped it in the Castrol Super Clean because that's oh. a paint stripper. Yeah, so they probably dissolved them. And it dissolved the clear plastic taillight. Yeah, because clear plastic is very brittle. Apparently, yeah. So mm-hmm. live, live and learn. You can leave the car bodies in there for months at a time, and it's not an issue, but apparently you cannot leave clear parts in there for more nope. than a couple of days. Nope. So I no longer have taillights for the car. So I will try to contact Fujimi, I guess, and see if I can get a set of the clear tree for the car. Because it's irritating to me now because the car's done otherwise. Yeah. Somebody might so, have it somewhere. Yeah, maybe. <clears throat> it's not one of those things you have extra lying around because no matter how no. you build the car, you no. should use them. <laughs> so we're going to do this week what I'm going to call Auto Off Topic Theater. And I hope this is a... Re- theater. Theater. I hope this is a recurring thing where we're we're going to look at like automotive-based documentaries or automotive-themed movies. And or just kinda, motorcycle in this case. Yeah, motorcycle in this case. And just kind of talk about Mechanically-themed movies and documentaries. Yeah, because that might be kind of kind of a fun thing. I like watching documentaries I like because I like the way documentaries... Learning. Yeah, I like learning. I like the way documentaries are made. Yes. Um, also, as aspiring, horrible filmmakers, yes. we like to watch the techniques used to make other films. Yeah. I mean, so far we haven't really made many films, just the quick film of the Cressida and the quick film of the uh, Montero Hub installation, but hey, I guess everybody started somewhere, right? So, don't be fresh. So, what did we watch this week? We watched the... Or what we started to watch this week. I haven't quite finished it yet. I haven't quite finished it? Almost I finished it last night. So, uh, I mean, there'll be spoilers here, but what we watched is 13 years old. So, if you haven't watched it yet... Like we hadn't. Like we hadn't. Too bad. But you're not really. You can't really spoil it. You can't really spoil a documentary. No. So and because everybody knows that the ending is anyway, so you can just. You know, yeah, they're still alive. They made it. Yeah. So <laughs> we watched the long way around, which was came out back in 2004, and I remember hearing about it. it was Ewan McGregor, and I didn't know the other guy's name until I watched it. Charlie Borman. Yeah, he's like a bit part actor. Yeah, he's a little character actor. I guess yeah. they're they're best friends. They met on a movie, whatever. Yeah. The whole the whole documentary series is kind of romancy but it's fu- it's funny though yeah it's, it's funny it's like it's how two guys that spend you know 115 uh, days, many together, days yeah. it was together would wind up being yeah and basically what their plan was is that they enjoyed riding motorcycles they wanted to ride two motorcycles from london to new york by Correct. way of east east yeah so that means russia yeah 
Siberia. So somehow... All the stands. I mean, I remember hearing about this back in 04 when it came out or when they were doing it, but I just kind of missed it because I don't know... I think it was a TV show on the BBC. It was definitely a TV show somewhere. And then, you know, obviously we didn't get here because we didn't BBC America at the time, I don't think, and... Obviously, there's no streaming, or I don't even. Right. I don't know if it came out on DVD. And if it did, it probably wasn't in US format. <laughs> yeah, so that's the thing. It's before HD. It was before YouTube. There's no the funny well, the very th- beginning of YouTube, but I think yeah, I think YouTube kind of took off in like 2007. I think. Oh, was that late? Really? Yeah, I think wow. so. I feel like it's longer than that. Yeah. Well, that's still 10 years. Ugh. So anyway, and I mean that was one of the funny things when they were um, setting up for the document uh you know the filmmaking the trip itself the trip yeah. itself they had to get this company cuz GoPros didn't exist it was a, it was a huge production yeah. like a huge production yeah like it started off as the two guys they wanted to get in their motorcycles and they wanted to ride all the way around the world they wanted to ride the long way from the hence and the then long they way realized around. that they should record they it they should record it if they're going to do it and then yeah. they're like how do we do that? Producer, and then they <laughs> hired all these other people to help them, and it took. Yeah. I think they spent like four months setting up. For they had it. they had an office built, and like it was like a full time job for a lot of so people the, to make this movie. The beginning of this documentary, and you should all watch it on Netflix streaming because it ends on yeah, like February fifteenth or something. It's going off the air. Yeah, which, which is stupid. He's been on there forever. I know. I've had it in my damn queue forever. I never watched it. My list. Sorry, it's not queue anymore. Yeah, well, people, people know what it was. I guess it's a British show, so we're we're gonna call it queue. Anyway, so the first few it episodes... It's available on DVD, though. You can buy it. And honestly, if you don't get a chance to watch it, it's totally worth spending the 10 bucks. I, I bet you can rent it on uh, Amazon, Amazon Prime. Too. It's, to- it's totally worth it. I mean, it's a very good documentary. Mm-hmm. So anyway, it was a huge, huge thing to put it, put it together. Four months of, uh, of preparation. Yep. Four months of trying to get a sponsor's... Four months of trying to get passports and visas. Yeah, and you see this whole thing as it unfolds. You see how they're, uh, you see the behind the scenes of like creating a documentary and how they actually go through it. And they had to hire. They wanted, they wanted to film them on the bikes, but they didn't want to. You know, they had a support crew that followed them, but they didn't want to have behind enough to not be in all shots though. Exactly. They wanted to be there when they needed them, but not be there, like obviously there. Yes. So they hired a uh, cameraman that could ride a motorcycle and he would ride the third motorcycle with them. Yep. So he scoot ahead, shoot yeah. pictures of him coming by. Yeah, exactly. So, that, driving away. so it's kind of neat to see how they did that. And then they did little, Which kinda, he's like the unsung hero of the whole thing though, because he doesn't get any airtime and he rides all the same roads. They do. He gets some, I mean, a little, but it's, he's important though. Cause I mean, a lot of times you hear him, he's asking them like, what's going on? What's like, yeah. are you mad at each other? Like it's, it's very important. Like, you don't realize how important that is to making a good, uh, like, you know, film. Like, you just have to film everything. everything that's going on. Yeah, and then that's how you. And then it's all. Then it's done in editing, I guess. And it was kind of neat. Um, then the uh, the sport team has a has Mitsubishi's, which was amazingly awesome. So they've got super cool trucks too. Which they started out with two Tritons, and then they were down to one. I don't remember having two Tritons. I thought they had two Tritons. No, they, they, no. they had one Triton and one Montero from the start. Yeah, like Piero, like L, an L200 yeah. and yeah. one Montero or Pajero. A Piero. They call it a Pajero in the show because yeah. they're English. Diesel, yep. So that was pretty cool. Yeah, it's cool because it shows how capable those vehicles really are. Because they're basically stock. Yeah. <laughs> they um, were stock. They had stock. Like, they weren't lifted. They had all kinds of extra, like, racks and stuff for holding extra fuel, and they had snorkels. Yep. But mechanically, they were pretty much stock. Like an Araby bumper. And that yeah, was it. exactly. And then the, uh, but anyway, we'll, we'll go back a little bit. So the beginning, you know, their celebrity, I think, kind of got them a little extra privilege because they were courting KTM and they're courting BMW right. uh, for adventure bikes. Yep. And then it was really interesting when they were talking to, like, the KTM people. And they're like, no, you're not going to make it because you've yep. never done it before. You're not going to make it, so we're not going to give you a bike. Yeah, we're not going to give you a bike. Yeah, they were pretty pissed. Yeah. And then it was like, you know, they're like, Fuck them. We're going to show them. Yep. And and they did, I guess. So, I mean, BMW got the all the advertising But it's funny. It. KTM got a lot of advertising out of it, too, because they discussed KTM a lot on the on the show. And I think that the, when this came out in 2004, it was really the beginning of KTM even being sold in this country. Yeah. So it would have been huge for them, you know, marketing-wise, if they could have mm-hmm. 
but they didn't. So BMW stepped in, and that was kind of cool. I didn't know BMW had a technical off-road riding school in Wales. I think it's – is it bigger in Europe, like off-road adventure riding oh, maybe? Uh, it must be, but they had a really cool like uh, two-day school they went to that BMW – runs yeah but they get to ride bmws and learn how to ride yeah. them on the technical situations i mean you mcgregor isn't that he can ride a motorcycle but he's not as good as he's not a dirt bike rider yeah i guess charlie borman since he was a kid was riding dirt bikes so he's a lot yep. better and um, you can see how difficult it is to ride these bikes in the terrain they're, they're riding a thousand on. cc's yeah i think they're a thousand cc's twin cylinders they're opposed twins opposed twins yeah, standard i mean they're very, and they're all loaded up with gear i mean they're very yeah, very like heavy. 700 pound 800 pound motorcycles by the time they're all said yeah done. And they were sinking into the mud, and mm-hmm. they had to go three or four feet at a time and put the bike stand down and go help yeah. the other guy go three or four feet. Yeah. And it was pretty interesting, especially in, in, the, in the Russian you know, terrain. Oh, when they um, got to Mongolia. Oh, yeah. Mongolia was a mess, so, obviously. I mean, it was pretty much a cruise <laughs> until they got to, like, Mongolia. Yeah, all through uh, Western and Eastern Europe was easy. Yeah. And even through Kazakhstan wasn't that much of an issue. Oh, I thought it was interesting was, you know— Without getting too political on this discussion, the, the whole Kazakhstan, uh, Uzbekistan, Syria, everything that's going on now in the world. Yeah. 2004 wasn't that long ago. And well, it was so but, much more peaceful in that part of the country. Well, the Iraq war was going on in 2004. But they didn't go, they didn't go that far south. No, no, no. <laughs> but I mean, it's just how much has changed from now to then. Like, I don't, I don't think riding through Kazakhstan now would be as easy as it was for them in 2004. No, probably not. Or even in you know, Russia. Or as friendly as it was for them. I mean, they were, they're not Americans. They're British, so it's yeah. a different attitude towards them. But, I mean, they're riding in Kazakhstan, and this guy opens up his house to them. Well, the other thing, too, is you you got to remember, too, at that time, uh, Ewan McGregor and uh, the Star Wars prequels were huge. So he was a yeah. big star at that time. Yep. So a lot of people knew who he was. But still. So, so I that mean, helped a bit, too. I mean, you're riding through Kazakhstan, and yeah. this guy's like... You know, follow me, and they wind up at the guy's house, and he puts them up for the night yeah. so they don't have to camp somewhere. Yeah. And that was, to me, that was just cool. Like, here they are in this completely foreign country that a lot of people who live here, or a lot of people that we know, yeah. would be like, I'm never even going to go there. And this guy was so nice that he just took him in. Well, there you go. People are generally nice. Yeah. people are. It, the, the whole movie is a really kind of a, 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 an up for humanity. Like, it's a really good movie. And they were doing stuff for UNICEF. You know, the whole thing was for children. UNICEF. Yeah. yeah, it was very cool. All the money they made went to UNICEF, yep. which is good, too. Another reason to buy it, if you can. But a lot of it was is it was just super hard, super technical riding, especially um, so through Mongolia and... The, they, road, the Road of Bones. Yeah, they almost gave up. At one point on the Road of Bones, which is in uh, Siberia. It's um, called the Road of Bones because it was Stalin's project back in the 30s. Well, yeah, he took all the educated people, all the people he thought could be a threat to him. All the educated middle class were taken from their homes yeah. and uh, and brought to be, like, basically slave laborers mm-hmm. to build this road because yeah. he didn't want anybody to be educated to, you know, to, be, to go against what he was doing at the time. So, I mean, that wasn't even that long ago either when you think about no. it. I mean, it wasn't even 100 years ago. No. You know, it was the 30s. You know, my grandmother who's alive today was alive then. Yeah. <laughs> it's like that's scary to think that they, that, that that happened in in modern times. But, that, but they call it the Road of Bones because anybody who died while working on it, the ground was so firm that it didn't make any sense to dig a six foot grave for them. They just buried them in the construction well, yeah, the of the road. Yeah. yeah. And the um, but before they got to that point, I think they were still in Mongolia. Okay. And they uh, Claudio's bike broke. Yes. The frame broke, and yeah, they, broke. they re-welded yeah. it. Which Claudio is, is, the, is the filmmaker. Claudio is the filmmaker. So they, they re-welded it. And but they didn't disconnect the battery when they re-welded yeah, it, so they, they fried everything. They fried the ABS <laughs> and whatever, so it didn't work. So they had to buy him this little Russian motorcycle. Yes. MM, I think it was called. Yeah, and he was just like tooling around. like Because yeah, it was so much more, it was so much lighter than their bikes were. Yeah. He, was, he was like skipping over the top of the mud, and they were sinking into the mud. Yeah. It was kind of funny. It was cool. It was a little two-stroke, too. And then it broke. And it was brand new. And like, how much is it going to cost? And it was like 1200 American dollars. Yeah. <laughs> and then it broke, and uh, these uh, Mongolian guys showed up and just fixed it for and they them. fixed it, yeah. Because they, they know how to do it. Yeah. Because they have to. Yeah. And I guess all the parts and tools were on the motorcycle, yeah. and they didn't even know it. Yeah. Like they were all in like a, a tool roll under the seat. Yeah. And they're like, oh, these guys are here. And they're making fun of us because we had all the tools. And, and then it was crazy it. because the that brings me to my next point, the... The producer, I can't remember the guy's name. It was the American guy. Yeah, I don't remember his name either. But he was driving off-road. I don't think he's ever been off-road. Nope. He was driving way too Clearly fast. Clearly not. He was, he was booking. 
and he was in the Triton, and he rolled the Triton. Yeah. Like, I don't like 800 gallons of gas on the roof. I don't even know how, like, <laughs> the only thing I can think of is it's, it had the uh, leaf springs. Bound up and And you bound them. up and then pitched them, you know, because it'll the way, throw you. The way he told the story yeah. was he caught a rut, and he was moving pretty quick, and it pitched sideways. And when it pitched sideways, it caught another rut and yeah. just dug in and rolled over. Yeah. But they definitely junked it, that's for sure. There was no fix in that one. No. <laughs> no. And then they're, they're just driving it with goggles afterwards. And, yeah, because no windshield. Yeah. And the, and the Russian doctor that was with him was so pissed. I mean, yeah, he was mad. Well, it's, it's not worth life. Yeah. <laughs> Crazy. And then and then he's driving. I'm watching him driving that third gen. He's just hammering it through the mud and stuff. Yeah. I'm like, yeah. oh, my God. And it, it kept going. Yeah. But, I mean, if it just... Go a little bit slower. Like the coolest thing with the four-wheeled vehicles was when they were on the road of bones. Yes, and they got to that washout. So they didn't have the road of bones. It, it was they were it was too late, too early into the spring. Right, and the, the snow, snow melt was, was too was too high. So the rivers were too high to uh, to Fjord. ford. Yeah. So they they had basically had to sort of abandon the bikes, but they flagged down a local trucker. Yep, driving know. his gas. I think it was a Kamaz. A Kamaz, yeah, whatever, whatever it's called, Kamaz. Yeah, they said Kamaz in it. So, and you can see now it makes sense why Kamaz dominates Dakar. Yeah, because they drive it every day. <laughs> they, yeah, they, they build these trucks, these ridiculous like six-wheel trucks, super jacked in the air. It, it goes through like eight feet of water. They loaded up the bikes in the back of it because it was an open trailer. He happened right. to be, this truck driver happened to be going in the same direction. I'm sure they threw him money. No, they paid him in um, uh, whiskey. Yeah, whiskey. Or- they, they, give them whiskey they give them shots of whiskey before they took off in the yeah. truck, and they're like, we shouldn't do this. <laughs> that was the other funny thing is when they, they get to certain border crossings, they'd have to grease some palms. Yeah, and- exactly. <laughs> but they were prepared for it. They knew that was going to happen. They were told yeah, that they were was – told they had to do that. That was the way it works. And the uh, – oh, and they before they got to the Road of the Bones, though, they took the train. Oh, yeah. They had to yeah. grease palms like the train, too, because they wouldn't let them put the motorcycles on the so train. So they just sneaked the bikes onto the train, and right. they just rode in they the boxcar. back with the train, with the, with the bikes. So it's it's pretty cool. It, it it's definitely if you're into adventure stuff or have any interest in uh like automotive documentaries or anything like that, you should definitely watch it. It's it's on Netflix. You probably already have Netflix. Yeah, just watch it. So and watch uh, it now cuz going off Yeah, the air, watch so. it now. Or, There's a second one too. That's a long way down. I think they go through South America. Yeah, I think so. So I don't know if that one's going off. I don't know. I'm going to start watching it soon though. Yeah, we'll try to we'll try to watch it soon. Uh, so it's pretty cool. So they get all the way through Russia, and then they got to Megadon. Yeah, which is where the Rotobones ends. That's where the Rotobone ends, on the east coast of Russia. And they took a plane to Alaska. Anchorage. Yeah. Anchorage. And that was the craziest part to me, the whole thing, is after they finally, well, first of all, the bikes weren't even tied down on the airplane, which is ridiculous. Yeah, so you try to find an airplane. flopping around in the back of the airplane. They're all smashed up when they got there. Yeah, 800-pound Motor, uh, motorcycles just rolling around in your aircraft. But what killed me was they had this, you know, pretty successful trip the whole way across all of Eastern Europe and all of, you know, Kazakhstan, Mongolia, and Russia, yeah. Siberia. And then everything's going wonderful and great until they get to Canada, and then some punk kid in the cell phone rear ends him on the motorcycle. It's like, what is going on? Yeah. Yeah, he nearly gets killed by a, a kid in a kid Canada. Civic. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it was a CRV. It was, this, it was Red Honda, that's all yeah. I remember seeing. Oh, my gosh. Like, he somehow, like, the way they described it, the bike went up in the air. Like, yeah, hey, you can I mean, see where it went up on top of the hood of the car. Yeah, it totally, he hit the back tire. Like, the, the absolute nightmare, your nightmare on a motorcycle is to get yeah. hit that way. And that's what happened. And that's what happened. He somehow didn't go over. And even the state trooper was like, I, he, he should be dead. Like, yeah. <laughs> like, like the, this kid almost killed Ewan McGregor. Like, yeah, and that was in North America. Yeah. Like, that was the kind of person we encounter on the roads every single day. Yeah. Just some distracted driver, some distracted teenager in their Honda. And I don't remember I don't remember those big forest fires in Alaska at that time. But, again, it was 2004. <laughs> the internet wasn't what it is today. It yeah, may not have made real news, news around but... here. It probably did make news around yeah. here, but also in 04, we spent every waking moment playing video games, yeah, not caring about true. the world. <laughs> Oh, but th- but was cool though because when they were back in Mongolia, they ran into an American that helped them. Yeah, the one that went to market with them and stuff. Yep, and he had that medallion that he wanted them to give to his sister in Missouri. Yeah, I haven't quite got that part yet. Did they get there? Yes, that's cool. So they give it to her. That's pretty cool. Uh, then they keep 
it's basically once they get to America, it's kind of like hmm, whatever. There's not much drama. Well, that's what I figured. There wouldn't be any drama either. And then the first episode, yeah. the second episode, where they're in America or North America, they get hit by a car. And then, so before they go to make it to, uh, um, when they finally get to New York State, yep, this is what really dates it. When I, when I saw this part, is that they visit the Orange County Chopper guys. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, but then you know, back in like '04, that was a huge show. Unfortunately. <clears throat> I, ruined motorcycling forever. For wh- for whatever reason, that was just that was the show. It was the first of its kind, I guess. Yeah, I guess it was still it, unfortunate. For I mean, it was kind of cool. Like they, you know, they liked. I I I think you and McGregor ended up buying one of those bikes. Okay, well, because he has plenty of money. Yeah, he has tons of money. Disposable so. income at that yeah. point doesn't really matter. So and then they, it was kind of neat because they all got together and then they just rode down to New York City. Oh, they rode with the Chopper guys. Yep. Ugh, I don't want. I didn't even want to watch it now. No, no, no. That's cool. No, no, so no, no, that's cool. It's cool because when they're not, you know, they're probably very normal when they're not on that show. The man has a mustache that looks like, uh, uh, what's his name there from WWF in the eighties, Hulk Hogan. I don't think he's normal ever. They seem they seem pretty normal when they're just talking to him. Yeah, I'm sure they are. So a lot of that show was scripted for yeah. Discovery Channel, but, which was one of the reasons that I hate it so much. Other than the fact they make ugly, terrible motorcycles. So, I mean, that was pretty cool. Uh, and then, then of course, they put the bikes back on a plane, flew them to London, and they finished. Excellent. So, I, I'd i say, you know, that is definitely, like, probably one of my favorite automotive documentaries or, you know, vehicle-based documentaries I've oh, seen in a there. while. yeah. And hopefully we'll do some more because there's definitely some newer ones that are on YouTube. Oh yeah, we have Senna was a good one, and mm-hmm. um, what's the one with Nikki Hunt? I'm oh, sorry, um, Hunt and Lauda. Well, that's Rush. That's a, Rush. That yeah. was like a. It's not really a documentary, but it's a. Yeah, that was a dramatized true Hollywood yeah. story. Yeah. Did you see that? I have not seen that one yet. No, that's a fun one. I don't need to watch that. Yeah, no, that's a fun one. I don't yeah. know why I haven't seen it. I haven't seen it yet. Mm. But I think there's stuff like, uh, was it Expedition Overland? Yeah, XO. That's the XO, uh, YouTube those, channel. Cause YouTube those, series. Because those are the guys that were in uh, Alaska, right? They're, they wanted to make it down that trail. They there's, couldn't make it down. There's Mountain State Overland, which is the MSO, and there's Expedition Overland. And I always confuse the two of them on which one's which. The MSO are the ones that are in like Tennessee. Yeah, Mountain State, Tennessee. And they did. They went up, to Maine. They, they went up to here last summer. Yeah. That's uh, not as good. so XO is the Expedition Overland is the better one. It's more off road driving. Yes. Whereas that's a little bit more about the camping and equipment yeah, stuff. It's it's I, I I enjoyed it, but not as much as Expedition Overland. Yeah, I want to see the action of actually off roading these vehicles and, yeah. and making it over stuff. And that was part of the that was probably why the Road of Bones part was our favorite part. Yeah, because it was off road driving, which we love doing. Yeah. And they had to like, you know, go over rivers and you know, they're using the trucks to like pull them across, and so when are we doing our long way around in a truck? Yeah, <laughs> in a Montero. Well, see, that's the thing. Everybody thinks uh, overlanding has to be, you know, loading up your truck and then driving around the world. It doesn't have to be that. Like you can, no. there's plenty of places locally you can just yeah, explore do a day trip. dirt roads. Yep. That's that's all it takes. Or we did that five day trip where we went across Maine, and that felt like we were in the middle of nowhere because we were. Yeah, it, it was. It wasn't quite you know, Kazakhstan, but no. it was. Uh, it was definitely the middle of nowhere, and it was far out of cell phone range, mm-hmm. and it was just old, un, unmaintained roads. So it was very similar style stuff. Not that we did anything nearly the no. same, not saying that no. at all, but no. it was definitely, yeah, there's a lot of ways to have fun with the overlanding lifestyle mm-hmm. without going too extreme into it. No. No, that, that's the thing. The, the long way around is definitely an extreme version oh, yeah. of it. You, I mean, you can't get any more extreme. I mean, clearly, like, having the money to do it. And the money and the time. And the I mean, time. Those months of, of writing was yeah, like but four months on the road. When you're a, you know, a, a Hollywood actor, Hollywood actor yeah. then yeah, you can afford it. And Plus they made it into a movie, so they're actually getting paid to do it. Exactly. It wasn't a vacation. It made it made sense. And then, you know, all the, that was the other neat, all the, all the stuff they got like free tools from Snap-on and all this other stuff. Yeah, which is irritating as they, you know that they have so much money. And it's like, ever since I was a child, I've dreamed of having a Snap-on toolbox. Yeah. And like, you just buy one, you rich jerk. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever. Yeah. It is what it is. That's how they get the uh, yeah. that's how they get money and everything yeah. to do it and so, so it. that's a cool documentary. Check it out. Yep, absolutely. Um, 
it again it's off the air off of netflix air on february 15th so watch it now mm-hmm. it's what nine or ten episodes long yeah i about mean 45 minutes I, each so it's a, it's, a, it's a long haul but it's good only took me 13 years to watch it yeah so <laughs> but it only took you two weeks to watch it once you started because it's good yeah i mean it's worth it it's not in high there's, no, there's no fake drama. There's no crap. It's none of the stuff you see in the Discovery Channel. It's, it's a good documentary. It's a good show. Mm-hmm. It's got everything that makes a good show a good show. It's got funny so, parts. Yep. You know, it's got this heart to it. It's yep. got some drama, but it, it's not like. I mean, they they go to the the, well, the children of um, Chernobyl. Chernobyl, which mm-hmm. is like, it's amazing how many generations yeah, later it's still sad. affected. And, and but it's it's it's. it's I won't say it's fun. It's interesting to watch. What really got them was that uh, the bear hunters. Yeah, they just shoot the bear and then skin it and leave the carcass in the woods. Yeah, well, I yeah, don't know. That's what they do over there because there's no rule against it. Yeah, so they And they it. don't make much money driving trucks, so they just pull over and shoot a bear when they see it. Yeah. So, different world. Yep. Different world. But So, anyway, check that out. I think we're going to call that a podcast. I think so. Coloring contest is over. Yes. So, we'll if you if you haven't got your entry in, we'll keep it open until you've heard this episode. So, we'll keep open entries until next week. So, anything that comes in before next week, before next week's episode. So, yeah. All right. So, technically, the calling contest is over, but because we didn't really mention it, we'll we'll just mention it one more time. We'll give you this week to get everything in, and we'll discuss it next Wednesday. We'll extend the deadline. We'll for extend you. the deadline for you. We have, we have. We didn't do your homework. We'll extend the deadline. We have. For you. We, we don't have a ton of entries. We have about ten total, I think. I'll give you a grace period. I have a couple that I have to get to you actually, Andrew. I have okay. to sit down to you as well. Um, so we'll give you a little grace period. Get your entries in. Any. I've called a bunch. I have to call her some. I'll put a picture of mine up on the, <laughs> on the thing. Obviously, ours don't count as entries. Nope. I mean, maybe they do. Nope. That's that scam. I'll have to call her some. Yeah, my, my daughter called one, my wife called one, but those weren't found either. So, so anyway, anyway, so yeah, get your coloring contest mm-hmm. in. Officially, it's over, but we'll extend it next week just because we talked about it just now, and mm-hmm. we're nice people. I was. You want more? Interviewed for the Untitled Car Show podcast. Excellent. That was. Uh, I actually recorded it after last week's episode. Is uh, that up on the air yet? Nope, that's going to go up. Uh, I believe. Let's see. He said uh, this is last week. He said next week. So I think it's this week. As soon as I That's know, a seven-day broad stretch of days it could have gone up. Well, uh, our buddy Justin Hughes, I guess, is writing up about the episode for Right Foot Down. So he uh, asked me some stuff last night. Phone alarm just went off, and then uh, as the phone alarm to remind you, to remind, to remind me, to remind you to find the calculator. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> I'll check my phone. Anyways, so uh, I think I'll be up. Next week, I'll definitely post links to it on our Facebook page. Okay. Uh, and uh, so you can listen to me there. You'll probably know most of the stuff about me already, so you don't have to listen to it if you don't want to. I will anyway. I listen to our own podcast, Narcissistic Jerk That I okay. Am. Okay. Well, I do it just to make sure everything sounds right. I do for like a few seconds while I'm editing them, and that's it. Yeah, I don't listen to it you know, start to finish <laughs> as, as the whole thing goes on, but I like to listen to it, and I'll fast-forward it a bit, yep. and let's do a little more, and then fast-forward it a bit and make sure it's all good. So you can find us at Auto Off Topic Podcast on Facebook. That's where you can submit the coloring contest. Absolutely. Uh, I will post links to uh, the Untitled Car Show interview with me. I will also... Um, I should have up some pictures. I didn't take too many, but I'll have some pictures from the Rolex 24. Not quantity, quality. You got some good ones. So. Yeah, a couple of good ones. Unfortunately, one of the good ones is that ugly BMW art car. Yeah, the fart car. The fart car. What did it say on the door? It says fast. Fast, yeah. It's th- oh, I do like the edit that I saw somebody put online. The taco? The taco car, yeah. <laughs> that is the worst. Get that away from there. Sorry. Make a noise. That is the worst art car. It's pretty horrible. Like, all I can think of is the Always Sunny when they're trying to like figure out what art is. Yeah, exactly. It's just well, like, oh, case, no, the, art is well, only what you'll and, pay me for. Yeah. <laughs> I guess, I'm not familiar with the artist of the car, but I guess he's famous just for like putting geometric shapes over photographs. Yeah. It's basically what he does. It's really weird. So he put geometric shapes over the car, and then he wrote the word fast on the door. But, and wasn't the passenger just a picture of the car? Yes. Which is really bizarre. So it was like one of those like late '80s mini trucks, as like an airbrush picture of itself on the tailgate. 
yeah. but it wasn't. It was just a, like a vinyl sticker picture of yeah. the car so itself on the door. It's like I was in Forza and I just added these random stickers, random stickers yeah. to it. <laughs> it was pretty terrible. It's so dumb. Again, I'm not educated in any way about the arts. I know what I like when I see it, and I know I didn't like it. So I guess that's how I'll say about that. Because I guess some people will think that it's art. And art is subjective. Art is subjective. Much yeah, like um, I, I was subjective that that was terrible. So Right. Much <laughs> like you're subjective if you listen to our podcast or not. Some people might think it's terrible. Some people might think it's a little less than terrible. If you don't think it's terrible, you should please rate and review us positively on yes, iTunes. Absolutely. If you do think and... it's terrible, don't, though. <laughs> please don't. We need all the help we can get. No. And share it with any friends. Absolutely. Um, you can find me... Uh, at Raced and Anger on Instagram. You can find this podcast at Auto Off Topic. Uh, Brad is TSISS350. Thank you for putting the emphasis on that. That's right. <laughs> 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 um, also, thing? Yeah, my business is um, Vintage Imports of New England, which mm-hmm. you can find me at uh, Vintage Imports NE on Instagram mm-hmm. and Vintage Imports of New England on Facebook. You can see my Montero is for sale up there right now. It is. Uh, you can do your own Rotobone strip. That's right. You've uh, moved several cars out of inventory. I have. Another one so, going tomorrow. Fingers crossed. Yep. So hopefully those are more stuff coming all in set. Soon. We'll get some more cars soon. Maybe the Porsche world. Maybe. 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 Thinking. We're thinking. Maybe. Thinking. Maybe. We'll see. We'll see. Anyways, thanks for listening, and keep your cars analog.